0: Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network, at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 30th of May, 2022, the 29th of ER, 5782, coming to you on this beautiful morning from Gush Etzion, Jerusalem, liberated Gush Etzion, Jerusalem, celebrating 55 years since this area, along with Judea, Samaria. Jerusalem, the Golan, and other areas of this country were liberated in a defensive war of survival, a miraculous war of survival back in 1967. Today is actually Hebron Day, where we mark the liberation of the city of Hebron from the Jordanians. And yesterday, of course, was Jerusalem Day, where Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, and maybe even over. I think, if you ask me, I think there were maybe 100, 100, 150,000, 200,000 people dancing and marching through the streets of our eternal, undivided capital city of Jerusalem yesterday. And I had the schut, as they say, or the privilege to take part In the festivities, marching through the streets of Jerusalem, through the new new city, and then through the old city of Jerusalem yesterday. Just a beautiful sight to see. So many flags and so many happy marchers. Such joy in the air in the streets of our capital, in the streets of Jerusalem yesterday. As JNS News reported this morning... Israel's Jerusalem Day celebrations, including the flag march through through the old city, took place mostly without incident on Sunday. The national holiday marks the reunification of Israel's capital following the Six-Day War, 1967. Tensions were high throughout the day in what was described as a fragile security situation, with some 3,000 security officers spread out across the city, But the violence that the Palestinian Authority, the Kingdom of Jordan and Hamas all warned could happen did not materialize. So yesterday there was a sense that maybe Hamas would launch rockets towards Jerusalem as they did during last year's parade, which I also attended. Last year, the march did not go through Shahr or the Damascus Gate into the so-called Muslim quarter. And yet Hamas still launched rockets last year. And of course, all of those haters this year said, no, the march should not go through the Muslim quarter, should not go through Shahr Damascus Gate. Yet every single day, each and every day, Arabs in Jerusalem have the freedom to walk wherever they want, to go to the malls, to go to the restaurants. You have Jews and Arabs who are working in the stores and in the malls and are visiting the parks. And Arabs are allowed to do that. Yet, for some reason, so many different voices out there, I would say radical voices, say that Jews should not march through one of the gates of the old city of of Jerusalem, because it's offensive. It's offensive when Jews with their flags march. It's less offensive, I guess, when 20 Jews are murdered in terror attacks, as as has been the case over the last two and a half, three months or so. That's less offensive. That's less talked about. The fact that Jews are murdered, but teens with flags... They're the ones who are causing the tension by marching through the streets of Jerusalem. That's the twisted logic and thinking of some. And I've read many media reports of yesterday's march, yesterday's parade, and so many critics out there, instead of focusing on the joy of 55 years of liberation and the fact that you have a proud next generation of teens marching With a real connection to the land with a real connection to the city of jerusalem but that for unfortunately is not the focus for many israel national news added that prime minister naftali bennett stands behind or this morning i guess stood behind his decision to approve the flag march held yesterday which passed through damascus gate in accordance with the route that had that had existed for decades so other than last year And I don't know of any other year where the route did not go through Sharshem, Damascus Gate. Bennett said, quote, we decided that the flag march would go along its traditional route, and so it was. This year we broke records with over 50,000 participants who painted the city with the colors of our flag. It is moving and joyful to see all the people of Israel celebrating together on Yisrael Chai. So again, 50,000, maybe that was earlier in the day, but official, I guess, reports are saying 70,000, I'm telling you. There were over 100,000, if not much more. It's hard, really. And I don't know how they count these numbers. If they uh, apparently they judge by helicopters overhead or whatnot. But there were so many people in other areas of the city in downtown Jerusalem, not just on the parade route, who were out celebrating. Army radio was broadcasting from downtown Jerusalem. The city was packed. And we certainly haven't seen a city this packed as a result of the pandemic um, for many, many years. Yes, there was a parade last year, but it seems this year was, was much more packed just based on what I saw yesterday. And again, the focus of the haters are that fringe minority of individuals who marched who were chanting against the Arabs, and again you're you're talking about if it's let's say it's seventy thousand people, let's say you have fifty people or a hundred people who you want to view as so called extremists, okay that is such a small percentage yet that is what sells the newspapers that's what makes the headlines are those fringe elements and not. The other 65,000 plus, or or rather, if we're talking about 75,000, 74,000 plus, whatever the number is, focuses not on all of those who marched peacefully and respectfully and joyfully through the streets of Jerusalem. Okay, much more on people's minds, at least on my mind, was the threat of perhaps of the Hamas rockets, or also because there were so many people. And I'm very claustrophobic, so there were certain points where I was nervous that this could, God forbid, turn into another uh, lagba omer Mayrone incident that we had last year in which people were killed in a stampede. That That's what was on my mind at certain points. But I personally, even though there were reports of arrests and whatnot, I personally did not see any racism or violence or any of that stuff I'm not saying it didn't happen, but certainly when I was walking through the route of the parade, I didn't see any of it. And if it did happen, and of course, there are videos backing up that there were heated exchanges, some plastic bottles thrown between Arabs and Jews or whatnot. It was was certainly it was on the fringe and it was the minority and it was not the headline. It was not what yesterday was all about. Yesterday was all about celebrating our liberation period. So others out there creating that false narrative unfortunately um, trying to get some headlines and uh anyway just great to be part of that Jerusalem Day experience yesterday. Uh let's turn to uh to other news. We're we're almost by the way at the end of the spring holiday season here in Israel. We had Passover, followed by Yom HaShoah, the Holocaust Memorial Remembrance Day, and Martyrs Heroes Day, followed by Independence Day, uh, rather Memorial Day first, then Independence Day, then Jerusalem Day, and now we have the holiday of Shavuot coming up this week, where we celebrate the receiving of the Torah. And that kind of marks the end of the holiday, the spring holiday season here in Israel and throughout the Jewish world, heading off into summer. But switching gears here in the news, JNS reported yesterday that a blast at Iran's Parchin military facility last week was caused by suicide drones. The New York Times said on Friday, the May 25th strike targeted a facility where Iran develops missiles, nuclear and drone technology, according to the report, which cited three Iranians, which knowledge of the attack as well as unnamed U.S. officials. An engineer working for the Iranian Defense Ministry was killed and another person was injured. No claim of responsibility, but according to this report, the attack fit a pattern of past Israeli strikes on Iran and Lebanon in a covert campaign. Iran's Ministry of Defense indicated it, it viewed this as an attack, not an accident. Israel has refused to comment, while a U.S. official confirmed to The Times that suicide drones were used and uh, no discussion of who sent them. Again, Israel not taking responsibility for this attack on this uh, missile and uh, weapon site there in Iran. <clears throat> so this incident comes after the assassination of a senior member of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps terror group earlier this week. According to Times of Israel, again, the New York Times here cited, they reported that Israel told U.S. officials that it was behind the assassination. The Israeli security establishment believes the source, uh, the American source, who spoke to the New York Times, um, again, that the source, sorry, was American, and Israel is furious about the leak. Again, this is all a report. Israeli officials told Ynet that they are demanding answers from their American counterparts, as the New York Times report places responsibility for the killing solely on Israel and absolves the U.S. of having played any role. So if this is all accurate, then someone in the U.S. threw Israel down the well, and this, God forbid, could endanger Israeli lives. You have a possible Israel hater within the intelligence community, or maybe somebody just screwed up. One or the other, in the U.S., who turned on Israel in this case, and again, Israel did not publicly take credit for the hit on this uh, terrorist member of Iran's Islamic Revolution a Guard Corps. His name is Sayad Khodai. if I'm pronouncing that correctly who, of course, was a terrorist and uh, deserved what he got. But someone leaking information, whether accurate or not, is dangerous and unacceptable, in my opinion. This morning, according to Times of Israel, Israel issued an updated travel warning for Turkey amid fears of an Iranian response to the assassination of the senior officer, in the Islamic Revolution Revolutionary Guard Corps last week. <clears throat> so, just to summarize here, you have a very bad man <laughs> to put it mildly who was taken out Israel not taking responsibility, not taking credit. New York Times reporting that an American intelligence source outed Israel claiming Israel told the Americans they were behind it and Israel very upset. According to the report, very upset that they were outed. And now Israel issuing travel warnings for Turkey and perhaps other places. These things change all the time. uh, Fearful that Iran might respond against an Israeli target. Switching gears here, the United Nations. JNS issued uh, or posted this report the other day. By U.N. Security Council standards, Thursday morning's schedule was packed. After the session, Council members France and Ireland, joined by Albania and former member Estonia, called for a press conference. It wasn't to discuss Iraq, whose U.N. assistance mission renewal was up for a vote and whose parliament voted this week to apply criminal charges up to the death penalty for any and all contact with Israelis or efforts to normalize Iraqi relations with the Jewish state. The press conference wasn't to discuss Somalia, whose assistant assistance mission was also up for renewal, and which could have been lauded for its peaceful transfer of power earlier in the week. It wasn't to discuss that morning's vote on renewing sanctions on South Sudan, a divisive issue that largely pitted Africa and the East against the West. Instead, why do you think there was a press conference, folks? In keeping with Europe's obsessiveness over the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, those members released a statement concerning the final agenda item of the morning, the monthly discussion of the Israeli-Palestinian file. So the point here is, folks, and I could read more of this article from JNS, all of these issues going on in the world and the Security Council in the UN with its packed schedule talking about all these different issues, decides after, after the meeting is over, several countries get together and decide they are going to have a press conference and talk about Israel and how terrible Israel is. Nothing though, by the way, they didn't mention anything about the terror attacks against Israelis including the attack on independence day when terrorists, Arab terrorists brutally murdered three Israelis with axes. Instead, they were talking about 4,000 housing units in Judea and Samaria. Um, and of course evictions of Arabs and all this other stuff, all of this anti Israel obsessiveness and nothing about any other country around the world. And this is out of the European Union. The obsession with the Jewish state continues. Holding Israel to a different standard continues. And just look up the definition of the recognized definition of anti-Semitism on that one. Okay. Holding Israel to a different standard. Not surprised at all. Just another example here of how the world community headed by the UN is obsessed with Israel, and when I say obsessed, not in a positive light. Um, let's finish with some positive news here. Again, try to like. I like, try to highlight these uh, stories on a weekly basis. All the wonderful things coming out of the state of Israel. Israel twenty one C reports here. They asked the question, what's responsible for some 400,000 deaths a year and 37 billion in financial losses in the U.S. alone? It's not COVID, cancer, or, or opioids. Rather, it's errors made by physicians, medical residents, nurses, and surgeons in the ICU and the ER. Again, 400,000 deaths a year by mistakes, errors made by medical professionals. So, of course, an Israeli startup company called Decide VR has come out with a virtual reality tool in order to combat human error and prevent death. A software product developed by Professor Alex Mintz, director of the Computerized Decision-Making Lab at Reichmann University, formerly the IDC in Herzliya user users of the virtual reality software are presented with various realistic scenarios in the icu or er The simulation is populated by doctors nurses other hospital staff as well as beds and medical equipment patients in the simulations are programmed with their own problems and personalities users must then decide what to do when presented with a trauma or emergency this is a virtual reality tool you put on the goggles and these medical professionals can practice all of these emergency situations with the goal of saving lives when it actually counts and this is technology developed in israel by the startup decide vr so if you're an anti-israel bds hater if you're a european union representative obsessed with israel and wanting to hold israel to a different standard and bashing israel Every chance you get, just make sure your medical professional has not utilized this technology, even if it means saving your life. Do not be a hypocrite, okay? If you're a BDS anti-Israel hater, do not. Just make sure. Ask your doctor. Did you use the Israeli startup, the side VR technology, when you trained? Okay, because if you did, then I don't want you operating on me. I don't want you taking care of me in the hospital. Because if you use that doctor... And he has that training based on the Israeli company and their software. You are a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite out there, you BDS anti-Israel hater. Stick to your guns. And if it means taking the death because you won't use a doctor who used Israeli technology, so be it. You got to have principles, right, folks? You got to have morals and principles. You got to stick to your guns. And if you're going to hate Israel, just hate Israel all the way. Okay, you don't want to be a hypocrite amongst your friends and your peers and the other anti-Semites you hang out with, the other Israel haters. So stick to your guns, folks. That's my advice to you. So this is kind of my BDS report of the week, and it's also my positive news report of the week. The fact that Israel actually came up with this virtual virtual reality technology, which will save lives around the world. Uh, that's going to do it for today on Hebron Day, Hebron Day, celebrating the liberation of the city, the ancient city of Hebron, where the matriarchs and patriarchs are buried. I'm actually going to head down to Hebron, Hebron later on today and check it out, see what's going on down there. Uh, just today, of course, after Jerusalem Day, celebrating the liberation of Jerusalem and the rest of Judea, Samaria, the Golan, and other parts of the country. That's going to do it for today's show. My name is Josh Haston. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Be in touch with me. Happy to read your comments on the air. And uh, most importantly as I hear the birds chirping outside my window here in Gush Etzion, Judea, Israel most importantly between now and when we talk again next Monday please God everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours be safe for those celebrating have a wonderful wonderful Shavuot oh one other thing of course I have to give much respect to Ben Bresky engineer extraordinaire Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes Chag Sameach have a wonderful Shavuot to those who are celebrating be safe Shalom, shalom from Judea, Israel, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish state and the Jewish people. Have a great week, everybody.
1: As the masks are coming off and much of the world is turning not only against Israel, but yes, against the Jewish people. If you feel different, if your love for Israel is growing deeper and stronger, if you're thirsting to cleave to the nation of Israel and to the God of Israel, if you're thirsting to learn authentic Torah from Jews in Judea, then the Land of Israel Fellowship is for you. Hundreds of individuals and families from around the world come together on Zoom every week in what can only be described as a fellowship of love, friendship, of learning, and praying, and belonging. A fellowship really unlike any other. It's more than just a movement. It's a family. To learn more about the Land of Israel Fellowship, click on www.thelandofisrael.com backslash fellowship or send an email to fellowship at thelandofisrael.com. Love and blessings from Judea.